0: Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of you that decided to tune into Ward on the Go. You are truly appreciated. I thank you. If you're a new listener, this podcast is all about young adults passionately finding their identity and purpose within the culture. If you tuned in before, I thank you for coming back. This is Ward on the Go.
1: Uh, Ward on the go here with Sean Spencer. and and (laughs) That was like our first connection. Yeah, man. Was that show.
0: (laughs) Psych is awesome. It is one of the greatest shows of all time. I wish wish it didn't, well, no, eight seasons. Yeah, that's that's
2: pretty
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. You make it that long, you've you've done something right. Yeah, definitely. You have to say goodbye at some point. It's not like it's The Simpsons where it's just a cartoon. You can do it. But But even that gets stale. Yeah, you can see
0: The Simpsons don't even have the same buzz or they haven't for a long time yeah man and and they're they're trying to cash in on that still thank you thank you for coming on today what an amazing opportunity to come speak at your school
1: where you teach thank you for having me chris for sure you know uh, chris is my boy i learned so much from this man um just just being willing to go forth and take risk Mm. and being okay with failing and even if i don't know everything still starting it yeah because when you start it, then you can kind of figure it out. For sure. you know It's like brainstorming in a way, I guess, or like a rough draft, maybe. By so That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, by experience. <laughs> you, so MXPX, we can talk about punk rock. All right, let's do it. Because the punk rock culture, a lot of people probably in my life today don't know this. Okay. About all right. Me. All right. Hey, listen, I this
0: like, is exclusive. All yeah. right. So if you're listening to this exclusive. I mean, if you've
1: known me for a long time, you know. <laughs> but, you know, even my wife... Because, you know, she didn't know me like in college when I started really getting into punk music. Yeah. Um, so Well, the one lyric from MXPX, PX, they were actually Christians, although they didn't call themselves a Christian punk band. That's a whole other thing. I don't understand Christian music label. Yeah, the box. Right. I always learn the hard way. That's the easiest way to learn.
0: Okay. You gotta t- tell me more about <laughs> that. Explain oh, right. that to someone who's, you know, my audience who's listening right now.
1: So... How do you learn? You learn by experience, I think. And you learn by failing. Yeah. Your life lessons are when you really screw up, I think. And when someone actually speaks truth to you and sets you down, like probably like a good father should.
2: Yeah.
1: And really, not necessarily let you have it. But, you know, you missed a shot at the buzzer. You get beat because you're not in good enough shape.
0: Hmm. Preparation. like Right. You were Preparation. Yeah. yeah. You
1: have to prepare enough. So then you learn from, I think... You learn from life's events like that. You know, you don't treat somebody properly and it comes back to get you. And like, Oh, I need to really change. Like we talked about the person that you just recently, involved, she had a medical condition, yeah. which caused her to gain all that weight. But we talked about the other student who was 315 pounds last year, ended up in the hospital That's- and that was his wake up call. Yeah, To a degree, my cancer, which we'll get to, was a wake up call. Um I'd always been interested in health and wellness, but that was more like now I really gotta give into this health and wellness thing. Yeah, there's no you there's know? no turning back. Right. Yeah. Um I don't I don't wanna end up fat sick and nearly dead, which is the, the name of a film documentary about a guy that almost died until he changed his life. Wow. Got off his blood pressure medication. But so the punk scene I got into, I guess, like, 96, 97.
0: Shout out to the 90s kids. Yeah, 90s, man, you know yeah, it. That's right. Go, I'm 40,
1: so, you know, yeah, man. Gen 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 X, Gen Y. Um, the aggression era, as they called it, right? The Rebellion. first half of angst. <laughs> angst with, like, Nirvana and the grunge. Yeah, and then man. it came into, like, that punk. And then it became, like, I don't know, maybe too melodramatic. Because then you had all those, like, boy bands that, nah, no <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but, no, I got into it. I just, yeah. I, I dig the sound. For sure, it's like hard and fast and it's simple. Hmm. it comes out of the 50s doo swing, yeah. you know, that got a swing to it. Yeah, and so, the, like a band like the Ramones, they took the swing out and they just went straight. Three, three piece bands, simple, um, one, four, five mm-hmm. notes. Um, I'm not gonna get into that if you know it, you know it, but yeah, not really nuanced like it, like jazz might be but so, so like the simplicity of
0: kind of not bare bones because that's not what we're saying it but, could be but it, yeah it's stripped strip down stripped down yeah. exactly
1: okay and raw yeah um some of it's like more produced you know but even even a band like green Day as I got more much more popular they did become more produced but their earlier stuff is pretty raw yeah um and I just like that simplicity of it it's Love like just give me the message mm. and the lyrics and there's a lot of depth in the lyrics and it made me think that's what a lot of it did, it made me think. So for you, you,
0: the simplicity is like a a position of our communication channel, right? That clears up all of the noise that's out there and you're just getting the raw core of what that person or that band is, right? Right. Simplicity and then, as you said, give me the message the way I wanna hear the message. I want it directly right in front of me. Let me be able to digest it and not have to uh, go through all the
1: fluff in, in a sense, right. Be a straight shooter. Yeah. Which is challenging because I th- in America we like to think we're straight shooters, and some people are, but generally Americans kind of give like a positive, and then the 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 real message, and then another positive. They kind of sandwich it. The hamburger technique. I hear yeah. teachers use. Yeah. Um. And sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes I actually often I have to do that. Mm-hmm. I really don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. I would rather sometimes just say what I think. For sure. But I know that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It works in some contexts. But, and I think people, like, I respond better to that. Like, the times, one person I didn't mention, so so Chris spoke at American Christian School today, which is where I teach in, yeah. in New Jersey. Thank you again, man. And I introduced him as someone who's been a big influence in my life. And I mentioned some previous uh, teachers I had and, um, like, youth group leaders. And I had this one kid that we were kind of friends, more acquaintances in college, and I was doing some things not the right way, and he sat me down. Really, and he's like, and that stuck with me. How old were you when when he sat you? I was a sophomore. And was in he college? A so- he was a junior. Oh wow! So he was a year ahead of me, so like nineteen eighteen. Yeah. Um. And it's not like I changed right away, but that like was the impetus for that. And so then my father in law is similar. Mm. He. He's a businessman. He started his own business from nothing. I.T. High end. He's got a McLaren. That says enough. Uh, Yeah. And like a Porsche or whatever he's got. <laughs> um, He's never necessarily said it to. No, he's, he's been pretty direct with me, but he used to be a part of a board of like small businessmen and they loved him because he was straight to the point. He's like, that's not going to work. Mm. And I think in the business world, you kind of need that. Yeah. And you kind of have to put your ego aside. But I think that straight to the point message is important in some respects for sure. So that's why I appreciate it about a lot of the, the punk music I listen to. And it also, the other thing too, is it, and this is important in critical thinking. This is a life skill makes you question things, not just accept things on the surface or at face value. Yeah. What's going on underneath it. So if you look at, even if you look at the media and the news is what are they trying to sell me, what's this headline mean? Are they just, if I read the first couple lines, I'm going to get a different story than if I read the whole article. You know, you, you, we you have to be willing to invest. Otherwise, people are going to try to like fleece you. What is it? What's it? A fool and his money are soon parted. It's I think album. that's a verse in Proverbs or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, I Have to look so, that one up. Yeah, so that's and I used to bleach my hair blonde too, so I was always pretty. Cool. Oh, listen, yeah, yeah, you you, was ready, to was you was ready to rock I, yeah. out? You ready to rock out? Right? I didn't have a lot of plaid, <laughs> but I I had that like skater punk look, and it just it was very me.
0: But that that was the, that was the look. I listen, I remember um, being in Brooklyn at the time, in the early '90s, and skate skateboarding culture was mm-hmm. clashing. Yep. with you know, connecting, oh. really integrating with you know punk rock and hip hop and. And that's what was happening. And you just saw this more aggressive, assertive, uh, rebellious type of mentality that was going on. And I remember uh, I remember uh, having uh, guys older than me who kind of sat me down, too, which was which was really cool now that you say that. And, you know, I remember uh, this one guy was part of a gang. He was. We, we knew. He was around the way, but he was a cool guy. And I remember him looking at me and saying, no, nah, you're special, man. You need to go ahead and go do what you need to do. Get good grades. I better not see that you get bad grades, and I better not see you on this block, by yourself, ever. And I remember, still to this day, like you said, still to this day, I remember. That's a little more
1: it. intimidating, though, how <laughs> I heard it. But
0: <laughs> but he was cool, man. He was a cool guy. He was a I, remember, I just remember being a really, really big guy. Mm-hmm. But he, um, but he looked out for the younger guys. He, he there was a, a, a responsibility he felt, even if he wasn't doing the the best of things, what he was doing on the block, he was still seeing as a responsibility to protect those that shouldn't be part
1: of that lifestyle. I've seen that and heard that in some some gang culture. Yeah. Right, maybe not like the MS-13 kind of extreme, but in some... It's, a, some it, it, it.
0: it's unique. It's unique, right, to be able to, that this guy told me, don't be part of a gang even though he's part of a gang. Right. Don't do what he does, but even though he's doing it right, right now, because he saw something in me. And I think that is... I think that having those hard conversations, those layered conversations today because not because people are very sensitive. It's, it's because there's so much access to information on how people are, are um, being more in tune with their emotions and more in tune with the lack of, when we talk about comparative culture, Mm -hmm. so many people look at the lack of, which gives you this self, the self, the self love that you need and the self awareness you need to really take that, that, that comment the right way or that constructive criticism criticism the right way um, is now being attacked because someone like my son, he's very sensitive. But he plays basketball and, right. and I'm a coach and I'm going to give you the real and tell you, hey, you left your brother on the island by doing that. doing that, right? But then I got to be sensitive enough to say, hey, you did a great job today. This is what you did very well. And I can't say but. Back in the day when we were growing up, it was like, but you need to do this. Right, right. It has to be an
1: and instead of a. It's inclusive. Yeah. It's like saying we, we or we need to do this as a team. For sure. Or whatever it might be. I think there is a sensitivity. I'll disagree. I think people are overly sensitive. Yeah. But I think it comes from, you alluded to it, you can go one way or the other. I think people want to be self actualized today. Mm. Because if you don't have to worry about like money, or you don't have to worry about, like, like generally speaking. You don't have to worry about, like, where your next meal's coming from. Yeah. You got, like, s- some stability. You know, you can start pursuing your own personal goals and dreams and aspirations that can go one way or the other. That's true. Yeah. You know, and generations before us, th- they didn't have time for that. They're like, no, I got to work to feed my family. And that's like, you know, and I'm going to work two jobs. Some people still have to work those those jobs. But yeah. for your kid, you're doing that for your the next generation. Yeah. So if you're a part of that next generation, which I think you and I are, for sure, even though you had more struggles growing up than it sounds like than I did, but struggle is struggle, man. But, no matter right? what, yeah. You have that time to pursue your own self actualization yeah. and your own realization, and it could go one way. Or That's why you need people like you and I had in our lives. That the two people we mentioned, shout out Jose, Jose Luis. Um, shout out to Jose.
0: I don't remember the guy's name. I'm just letting yeah. you know. I just remember he was he's was a, he, he a big dude. He's a big dude. I did not want to cross. right <laughs>
1: Um, we need those people in our life yeah. who can help guide us and lead us. And, you know, as fathers, you and I are both fathers. For sure. You know, that that's that's a calling. That's an important role we must play because you talked about your father um, earlier who was yeah. really, you know, abusive and yeah. whatnot. My father was verbally abusive um, with my mom and he was scary. He never hit me or anything, but he was scary yeah. and he was emotionally absent. Mm. Mm. Which I learned about reading, shout out John Eldridge, yeah. wild at heart. I learned a lot. That's 2001. I started reading him. I think that's when my life really started to. I really started to question. I was like, "Oh, this happened in my life. It shouldn't have been this way. Mm. Ideally, it should have been this way." And that's when God started remaking my mind in the, in the the proper more the proper way.
0: When you come to that realization that you need to make that change, you know, what are some of the first steps that you took? Because I know. Most people, when they know they need to make a change, they're afraid to take that first step. So what were some of the first steps that you decided, I need to do this to to make the change?
1: The church I was attending, Liquid Church, which is still around. It's in Parsippany, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. They had um, a counselor there, Mm. Glenn. And if you were a volunteer at the church, which I was doing something with the church and the arts, you could see him. Mm. So I decided to see him. And the first session, he's just like, just talk to me. So I, I was talking. I was like, I want this. I should be doing this. I should be. Doing. He's like, you should yourself a lot. Wow. And I guess that's like the deeper thing issue of that is shame. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I do. I've dealt with a lot of shame. So that the first step was just going talking to somebody, someone who knew more than me.
0: <laughs> uh, that, yeah. Because if you talk to someone that doesn't know as uh, knows right. as much as you
1: do, it's it's a little weird conversation. Right. <laughs> And God wasn't with you all the way. You know, we talk about these things. It's not a dismissal of of the role God plays, but God puts people in your life. For sure. You know, and there were some some books I, I read. I mentioned Wild at Heart. I can't necessarily remember any of the other ones. And just talking to people. And you kind of make those slow incremental changes. For sure. You know, you don't lose hundred pounds in a day. Yeah. A week. Some people can do it, and, you know, you're, you know, quicker. It depends. You don't you don't change a whole life of misfiring Mm. i guess for lack of a better word quickly your brain slowly has to rewire itself and there's a whole psychology on this which you know you have to rewire yourself and sometimes it's a slower process and you also have to be willing first of all you have to be willing willing is key okay you have to be willing and then you have to be willing to not just peel off the band-aid but be willing to go into that scar Mm. You know, if you have, sc- you, know, you have surgery, you have scar tissue, and sometimes you have to go in and clean out that scar tissue. Now, imagine doing that without like Novacate, you know. Oh, you have to be willing to go pain. into that and pull all that junk up. Yeah. And look at it and come to terms with it.
0: Wow. It's like seeing it face to face, even if the, regardless of how hidden or how deep it may be in the wound, right? right bringing it out. And, 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 you know, knowing you, of course, outside of this podcast, I've, I've seen you grow in such a way, especially as a father yeah, and, and, and a husband. And uh, it's cool, man. It's cool to watch that. Being so, dad. you know, yeah. tell me tell me how that has impacted you. You said that, you know, uh, dad verbally abusive now that you're a father, you know, and a husband. How have how have you approached your fatherhood
1: and husbandhood uh, to, with your family? So I've been married 13 years, and uh, my son is a year and a half. Shout out to Remy. Remy, named after Gambit from the X Men, the greatest X Men of all time, <laughs> and, and an ex Marine who was named Remy too. That's where my wife kind of, oh. you know, got it from. So, awesome. So we both kind of found agreement on that, and it's a cool, unique name. It is too. I did not want some kind of standard, typical like I don't even like my name. I don't even like my name. I used to not like my name, Michael, growing up. Not, I was like man? everyone's got the name Michael. But you're cool, man. Yeah. But I'm named after Michael Corleone from the government. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you gotta see Michael, man. He got you know, swag, man. You know, you know, he did, always has swag wherever he goes. So that's confidence. Yeah. That's just the confidence in, yeah. who, I, in who I am and who God has made me. So um there's a lot my that God had to do in me. Because okay. even before my wife and I got married, we we dated for like eight months. And then I was like so like I was at like a turning point, in my, a crossroads in my life, and we broke. I broke up with her. And oh we wow! Kind of got back together and it was messy. and We broke up again. Then I'm like, oh, you know, because because I couldn't accept love is what I ended up learning. Wow! And she got together with her ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I was broken. And so after some thoughtfulness and prayer and actually fasting, I realized no, I love her. And then God took him away, and we slowly started. Healing.
0: Yeah, shout out to and, God for yeah. handling the business while we handle our. <laughs> because I was willing, I've I actually
1: said, and this is dangerous, God, you can do whatever you need to do. Hey, well, <sighs>
0: yeah, listen, audience, I, you know, I gave you guys a lot of tips on here. That is one of the most dangerous, but most, but could be one of the most fulfilling statements to make to God to say, you do with it however you see fit, and I'm going to follow you. That is. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even tell you some of the stories that I, was, I asked God to do no, that for me man, and I'm just, like really?
1: <laughs> the worst no physical pain equaled what I went through emotionally wow, wow. it was like 11 weeks Now I remember sharing it to people oh, only 11 weeks you went through I said, forget that Yeah, you know it was 11 weeks of, of true true heartache because mm. um, God had to break me some things for sure you know um, so my wife and I, early on, I grew up in a family of yellers, <laughs> um, kind of an older Italian kind of family. Um, my wife grew in a family of stuffers. Where they don't really talk about things. Although Whoa. her mom, ma- her, her mom, so her mom remarried. So that, that's really who she grew up with was like with her stepdad. With stepdad. Okay. Um, who's really her parents. That she called them her parents. Um, and her, but her mom's tough. Yeah. So you got her mom, who's like kind of, well, back herself up, in like a family that doesn't talk as much, or share com- avoids kind of conflict. Oh, okay. So she, she, my wife, has some of that fight, a lot of fight. Oh, yeah. So and I got a lot of fight. So we butt heads a lot, you know. We still do sometimes, but yeah. we've slowly worked on you know respecting each other. Not, it's more on me. It is isn't more on me. I get too defensive. That's one of my flaws. Um, but. So five years in, then you, as you know, we'll we'll discuss, I got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, man. A year after my mom died of cancer. I'm so sorry to hear that, bro. Um so it's it is hard now knowing my mom won't meet my son this side of heaven. Yeah. That is hard. Yeah. Um, so my wife's made me a better person. Absolutely. That's what they and, do. Yeah. And hey. she'll she'll say the same. I'm not gonna buy into that whole like you know, better half, like, you know, I think that's, that's comedy I don't care for. Yeah. You know, Ray Romano. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I think it's a little emasculating, but I think, I think as a spouse, as spouses, you should make each other better.
0: For sure. It's, Absolutely. I mean, you're given the position of, it's a, that's a position of honor if you think about it, right? It is. It's a big risk. You know how I many single people out there have not found their one, have not found the opportunity to do life together with someone that cares and loves them, not just for what they have, but who they are. It's one of the it's one of the most difficult areas I know for young adults right now is finding a person that cares for them not just because of what they can do for them and f- to have a wife to say as a husband I have a wife that makes me a lot better than what I would be on my own.
1: Man, that's a that's a true gift and right. true blessing. I agree, and I understand the fear that some people have of remaining of wanting to be with somebody. Mm. You know, in a culture that there's a lot of divorce, there's a lot of spousal abuse. You, know, you see on the news. Yeah, pretty regular, especially the last you know few years that um, have come out like big stars, mm-hmm. you know, or like Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby stuff that has mm-hmm. come out of like men abusing women, mm-hmm. um, so you know, or or men not wanting to have to want to give up something. Mm-hmm. So I understand some of the fear, but yeah, it's been a total blessing, um, despite the struggles. And there's times we might have we easily we could have walked away from each other, yeah, but we committed to God. Mm. We made that and we worked through. Everything. So, so what does that mean? Because
0: I, I know a lot of people will say, "Well, you know, what do you mean by committed to God?" And when it comes to relationship, um, I've heard certain pastors say certain things. I, I have my own opinion on it, but right. what 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 are your thoughts on when you
1: mean you committed to God? Right. So, I'm not trying to make some kind of cliche here, um, or over spiritualize anything. Meaning that when you marry somebody, love is a choice. Mm. Love is yes, a feeling. You fall in love. But you make a commitment to somebody to love that person, and the the whole like death to his part, no matter what. But that, you know, that has lost yeah. luster because we hear it so often. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm choosing to love you. I'm choosing to be with you. Now, unless you really break someone's trust, for sure. You know, you know, some kind of abuse or, or cheating, something something like mm-hmm. you know. What I mean, there are. Gra- it's not like you just stay with the person no matter what. Yeah, there are there are yeah. ex- obviously reasons for. Separation and divorce, of course, and sometimes that is extremely healthy. And you talked about your mom left for sure. I or mean, she had to.
0: She had to. That was a. Mo- if she didn't, I, I, we would have lost my mom at an early age if she wow. didn't. I really believe that she was deeply in love. They were like high school sweethearts. Wow, they loved each other. And so, um, when you see someone make the choice to leave, that made me realize my mom chose us. Mm. Over her own personal, that builds your esteem too. Yeah. What I said? Wow, she's she's the toughest lady I know. Still, dead or alive, toughest lady I know. To leave, yeah, to leave like that is yeah, that's crazy. Middle of the night, man. We had no clothes, nothing. We had nothing. You and your sister? No, my brother. My brother. Okay. So my my brother and I, I don't know. He was, I was probably in the fourth grade, maybe, fourth grade, and he was, yeah, he's four years younger than me. So that tells you right there how young he was. And she still how crazy this is. She left, found a way for us to you know, live where we need to live. Um, shout out to my aunt who, uh, rest in peace, Aunt Diane, um, my cousins uh, and Marcy Projects, who are amazing people. There you go. Living with them in and in filled with a lot of love. And she still woke up every morning, four or five o'clock, take two buses, take us to school and make it to work in Manhattan. Wow. And so, this is in Brooklyn? We were in Brooklyn and, she, and she dropped us off in uh, Crown Heights. Early in the morning to to for school, my my brother went to uh, you know stayed did uh, the daycare thing, and um, she went on to work in New
1: York City. So now she got one job, one income now, and paying for daycare.
0: Took care of two kids and, and, took, and the bus. And thank God we had we had her sisters that helped when when they right, could, right. but they had their own kids. Right. So when we didn't have anything at all, and we ended up moving to Jersey, I remember we had two things, and and this is this sounds crazy as heck. We had to like like A Christmas tree and like an airbed, and I watched God build her up. They had airbeds, then, yeah, man. Right. Had, uh, the little, <laughs> I don't even know if they were airbed or if it was just a a, a a cot or something like that. I don't know what it was, but we didn't have anything. And but we felt like we had everything, right? That makes sense. There was because you had dig like some dignity, man. It was love, like my mom chose us, and that's a choice, right? Like you said, love is a choice, love is something that. You're willing to unpack the baggage. Yes. Yeah, man. Right? You're willing to unpack the baggage. You're willing to go through the fire. You're willing to go through the tough times to say, "This this is who I love. This is who I care for. And this is who I'm going to help bring through. And to watch her say that to us, all we wanted to do is do our best for my mom. That's all we wanted to do. And so when you say that now about love is a choice, it's awesome to see that both of you have these experiences that you both went through. But it's not going to be the deciding factor of how you guys treat your family. Right. Um,
1: also, God chose us. Amen. Awesome, dude. So that kind of stem, you know, trickles down. So we decided to start having trying to have kids like five years in. Okay. And we couldn't. We didn't know why. It took a little while. Then I started to feel sick. And oh. then we found out why because I had cancer. Wow. Um. So then like two years after, because you shouldn't, if, once you're late. And I got, I got remission like very quickly like four months in like four treatments wow man praise um, God for that and get started getting healthy again you know working out again CrossFit and starting to eat, eat better and learn and research and learn what it means to like live a healthy lifestyle like yeah. a holistic a very clean like whole lifestyle it's not just like one like the spiritual side and the physical it's everything and we started to st- try, uh, try, try having kids again and so Remy's 19 months. So we were doing like in vitro, you know, mm-hmm. all, all the kind of, I, I get some of the words wrong, but we were getting Special like the treatments. tests. Yeah. yeah. Not, no drugs, okay. no hormones, nothing like that. Um, but in, in, I forget the term for it, where they um, take the man and they squirt into the woman. I don't want yeah. to be gross. Listen, y'all, y'all know I what it is. You it know just, what I'm talking about. Just put it about. down
0: on Twitter, or Instagram, yeah. exactly what it is, because we're not looking it That's up. funny. If I was teaching
1: <laughs> the class, I'd probably use the, all the words, but you know. <laughs> Um, and all of a sudden she was getting blood work done because she we were seeing she's like checking her blood work to see if she's okay so two weeks in they're like, I'm pregnant now that's early to find out. whoa, you know So all the all the anxiety we got to change like one of her medications you know that's better so we're going through all that, but once for him he's born now yeah. it takes a little while for you to at least for me, and I think for her, she had some postpartum yeah that yeah it's, it's bad. Tough. That's tough, man. Yeah. Um to really bond with the with your child. But then when they start interacting with you more,
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything changes. It's it's cliche, but like, like you were talking about your son today. Yeah, yeah. And some of his some of the issues, you know, that you're working on with him. He's sure. 13. And I tear up. Because mm. I think about my son. Yeah. I hear about I'm sorry, some of you might not make me getting political, but yeah. you know, some of the new abortion laws. Yeah or like what some people infanticide. Yeah. Makes me cry. Yeah. Or you hear about like an infant or a baby that a babysitter didn't take care of and something happened. Yeah, that's tough, man. Yeah. I'm tearing up right now. Yeah. So I'm much more sensitive to some of those kinds of things. Um, And it's not that it's like easy. He He's relatively easy. From what I've heard from other kids, you know, about like other kids.
0: Yeah, you don't know what you don't know until somebody tells
1: you, right? Right. (laughs) Like, oh, she cried every single night for a year. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, we're very blessed. (laughs) You know, he's cried the past like three nights. Yeah, so I'm a little tired today, but you know, and he's happy and he smiles a lot and this and that. But I wanna spend time with him. Like I see some dads, I know some dads that it's like the kids are bothering them.
0: Yeah, it's like it's 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 a annoyance instead of an opportunity to right. connect, right?
1: And it's not even like, all right, it's daddy's time to work. I have some work to do right now. Yeah. And there, and as he gets older and understands that there will be that, but it's more like, daddy's trying to watch this. Mm. And I'm not saying those thoughts don't creep in, but that's like, no, I gotta put that as that that, that aside. That's like that's nothing. You Gotta make a choice. I'm gonna make a choice now. I'm gonna chase him around the house, or I'm gonna you know, you know, read a book or you know, tickle him or I don't know. Isn't that the best feeling Go in the world? for a walk? When you see a smile on their face and yeah. they're laughing and they're
0: joking with you. Is is? I'm thinking about my son right now and he's just like, he just wants me to chase him around the island. That doesn't take money. That doesn't, it's, all it is is just focus.
1: It just hurts my knees. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not because I'm getting old. I've always had knee problems. since yeah. high school football, so.
0: <laughs> a lot of people are like, yeah, all right, all right, Mike.
1: <laughs> they're, they're probably worse now. Than they were then.
0: So, all right. So, you have you're, you're you're developing the culture that you want in your household with your son and with your wife. And you mentioned you conquering cancer, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned That's that right. you change your health, and you know I see you as a a CrossFit junkie, man. You're 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 in here. So, tell me about your
1: CrossFit family and it's how an obs- it's an obsession. <laughs> how does it you today? The joke is about CrossFit. um all you do is cross about CrossFit, you know, you know, like in a minute, Oh, I CrossFit. <laughs> it's like what my grandmother used to do. She'd be in the hospital for be like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm saved, right? I'm a Christian, right? <laughs> so, you know, I CrossFit, right? <laughs> be out there. Good. It's because you buy it. And some people, like I've talked to, it's it's like some people could say it's like a cult or yeah. some people, like one guy works out, it's to him, it's like a religion mm. because it's a huge stress relief too. Yeah, yeah You get album. out of your head and, yeah. and you're doing, is that, I mean. You know, no offense to anyone who, who goes to the gym. I, you know, to go to the gym. I can't go to like a Planet Fitness and do like three sets of 10. I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I do CrossFit and um, the 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 head trainer, Pat Neal, I hope to have him on my podcast one day. And he's actually, he and his family, they're a great family. Awesome. Um, they're neighbors. Are, his two daughters, they're 13 and 10. Like last summer, they were over like almost every day, mm. like playing with Remy. Like they love him and like yeah. they pour. And that's great to have other people like in your kid's life. Yeah. Caring for like them. Like that. For sure. Um, he sets up a really nice community. It's a community. It's a community and just some younger people. It's mostly like older, like, you know, my age families. So there's a different expectation. There's no like a meathead. Mm-hmm. A guy, hey, what do you lifting? you know, there's a couple guys that are like that, but it's cool. And people cheer each other on. It's really what like the church kind of needs to grasp onto too. Mm. If, if the church doesn't have that, because someone finishes a workout, okay, and then some other people, I'm not saying ever, most people do this. Someone else is still working. Maybe they're struggling or whatever. You know, maybe they're new, so they're not as in good a shape. People walk beside them. You stand there. You cheer them on. Yeah, they get done. Everyone, you know, fist bumps. You know, it's great. So, it's it's like
0: doing life together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And our our head coach, Pat, and his wife, Janine, they both own it. You know, and, and there's other coaches as well. They've set that up on purpose. Mm. You know, we're doing an in-house competition right now for what's called the Open. The Open's what leads to the games. For sure, yeah. Eventually, the games are what's on TV. It's like, you know, uh, the best, the best in the world. And these people are men and women, amazing athletes. Um, And that's what they are. They are athletes. They are they, athletes. They do. And he calls us that. They're like, like we're athletes at CrossFit, you know, at ours, CrossFit Red Shed in Mount Olive. Mm. We're all athletes. You know, it doesn't matter. You're, mm. you're in there. You're doing stuff that most people aren't doing. You're not home on the couch.
0: Oh, you're exactly right. You know, shout out to my my sister-in-law, Christine uh, Chi-Chi. She has. What's up, Chi-Chi? Yeah, transformed their life through CrossFit. Like her, she looks, it's night and day. And it's not just the look, it's the mentality. Right. Right, that's the biggest thing I've seen. Her confidence grow. I've seen her community base uh, initiatives. I'll say it that way. Okay, where more involvement with each other. Right, I think that's carried over even into her personal relationships. Right. Um. So what you're saying right now, uh, I'm also seeing in her.
1: Where is she, Where is she? She's at, at uh,
0: I believe, CrossFit Chimney Rock, uh, but in Bridgewater. Bridgewater.
1: Yeah, I would figure because I know Chimney Rock. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so she's yes, over that's there. That's pretty yeah. close. Yeah, going to ask a, my coach about it, if he knows this. if he knows anything about that. Yeah, man, it'd place. be pretty cool. It'd
0: be it'd yeah. be interesting to see if you actually see if my sister-in-law has, uh, walked pat, you know, walk by you or, yeah. or maybe even you know worked out with you guys. So because she since the in early days she was going around kind of figuring okay. out her
1: space. But I actually started in Mar one in Morristown. Morristown. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, man. And then when we moved.
0: Man, I'm surprised how many CrossFit places. are To be honest, like, I didn't know. I'm not. I didn't know. But then when I started realizing, like, if there's a warehouse there, there's probably a CrossFit
1: place yeah. there. <laughs> it's, see, that happens with any kind of movement. For sure. So, you know, I talked about punk rock earlier, which started in the late 70s, moved into the 80s. And then, you know, movements sometimes can lose. What's the word I'm looking for? Like an early music movement has like this, the true believers kind of, so to speak. And yes. then it kind of becomes like more commercial. Mm-hmm. And CrossFit's become that to a degree. Mm. Um, where But ne- then it's actually started to shrink the past few years because people have moved on to something else, like the Spartan races. For sure, yes. Yeah, so I think that's happened around. with movements like the Tea Party in politics. It's okay. really kind of grassroots, and then it kind of grows and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that can come with any type of, type of movement. Maybe the Me Too movement, that's happened too, if you want mm. to talk the other side of the political aisle. Um, it becomes almost uh, just taken over. Because there's money, there's money to be had, so we're we're very blessed because our CrossFit started in 2008, so mm-hmm. it's over 10 years old now, mm-hmm. and it was the, one of the first five or eight in New Jersey. Oh wow! So, so he's been doing it. So you know he knows. Yeah, he's not just some dude that went to training one weekend. It's like I'm going to open one because there's money there, and then you're going to get a bunch of people get hurt. Yeah, you know you may get hurt. Obviously, you're doing physical activity. I was gonna say, listen, regardless
0: of if you're in the gym or CrossFit, you're gonna people, get hurt people, somewhere.
1: People don't get hurt at our at our box. Oh wow! Uh, in any of the, like the serious ways that maybe CrossFit, because CrossFit does sometimes have a bad rep. Okay. Where it's like you're going, you're doing these. You shouldn't be doing these things. It depends on who you are. You have to be smart enough to not know you can't do something.
0: Yeah, know know your limits, right? Yeah, we talked I mean, about that. Yeah,
1: I I mean, as I started doing it more and more, um. And I had worked out when I was younger, so I was familiar with some of the moves. Um, my shoulder started to hurt. Oh, yeah. You told me that. We were talking about that. Yeah. And come to figure, find out, I, have an, I had an old injury that kind of got revealed through CrossFit. I had a labrum tear in my shoulder. So I actually got that fixed. And since I've gotten that fixed it's been like night and day let's go my strength has increased i'm watching
0: the videos man i'm like man you follow me at michael rett yeah R H E double t yeah shout out to michael rett and his crossfit journey on instagram and twitter right letting the people see it yeah i'm inspired by that man you know i got a lot of friends that do crossfit uh but because i know your story personally and what you've been through to see you doing you know cleaning the bar and doing these different things man i'm like whoa this this guy is yeah Remy's blessed man Remy and your wife that's another reason okay
1: I want to make sure because we're older we're 40 so when he's 20 I'm going to be 60 yeah I want to make sure I'm healthy for him yeah that's big you know my dad's in a wheelchair now he's only in his mid 70s and you don't want to that's young yeah and so I visit him he's at you know a facility He's, he's pretty with it mentally sometimes he's forgetful but um and he's had other health issues in his life um But I see some of the other people in there, you know, I want to make sure I'm healthy and like eating well. And, you know, we can get to the whole American, traditional American diet and GMOs or metals and all that. But I want to make sure I'm like fit so I can like move around and walk and play with it and not have to deal with, you know, a lot of, you know, physical infirmities or even mental infirmities. You know, that's why I have a physical therapist, I have a chiropractor, I have an acupuncturist. You know, it's to help keep me keep me strong. Awesome. And I'm not going anywhere like to the CrossFit Games. You know, I'll do some some local competitions. You know, to push myself. It's just about that. Yeah, it's about getting better and challenge. That's a thing I like about CrossFit is that whatever the workout is for that day, you can challenge yourself. You could say, oh, I want to get four rounds today, or I want to finish in under you know 15 minutes, and then you have a goal, and you could see where you're at. Or if maybe you redo a workout oh, last time I got this many reps. Let's see if I can get a few more this time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. You go in every day. And hopefully, you know, we talked about expectations. You talked about that earlier in comparison. Yep. Hopefully you're not, and it's hard, I'm not comparing myself to like the best guy in there. For sure. Yeah, you don't know what that guy went through. Just forget it. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. he's also, he almost went to the games last year, actually. Oh, wow. He went to regionals. He went to like the next round. Yeah. Um. Not comparing myself to him. But or expecting that I'm gonna do something like well I'm gonna get like 50, right? Ra- and you know it's like you're not even close to that. What's a realistic number? Yeah, to challenge assessing, yourself, assessing the
0: the approach. Like the young young man that was asking the question about something that's so big you can't avoid, right? Like you said, breaking it down into uh, bite-sized pieces. Yes. So that you build momentum and confidence along the way, All right? and that's that's critical. Uh, regardless if you're doing CrossFit, you're starting a new business, you're building a family you're not gonna get it all in one one step, so you might as well break it down, create new habits, right? And I, I see that you're doing it a lot more. You're creating new habits uh, to achieve those goals because the old habits may not get you there. Right. Right, It may limit you into how far you can go in the process. And so um, this this term of it's not about perfection, it's about the process. Right.
1: Uh, it's li- it's becoming a little cliche in sports. It is. But it it's still it makes sense. And you've actually, you've shown me that where you say, You're not going to get all at once. So you've been doing your podcast for like over a year now. Yeah. And I just started marketing this year and you just started like, I'm just going to do it and talk. And that's what I started doing. (laughs) I was like, finally I was like, all right, let me just sit down and talk and see what happens. And first we got like 55 people that listened to it and people are like, I really like what you had to say. All I did was sit down and turn on my phone and hit record.
0: Look how amazing that is. Right. To be able to know that God's giving you that ability to do that. And just, and that's, that's what we were talking about starting this podcast. I, I told you, I used it as self-therapy. I just wanted to hear what I had to say to myself. I didn't know what, my, you know, get the thoughts out of my head. Right, and, instead of journaling. Instead of journaling, yeah. right, where sometimes it's like, oh, okay, okay, I'm writing down. Do I ever go back to it sometimes? But when you have it as voice and you go back, you know, even before I came to the uh, the speaking engagement today at the uh, at the school, I was listening to myself. And I was like, "Wow, I forgot that. I forgot that I even said that. I forgot." Is that weird? It, it, listen to yourself. It's super weird, man. I, I, like, even when uh, my sons, they do that a lot. They like to hear me hear my my, my stuff. And I'm like, "Oh man, you gotta turn it off." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Why?" I'm like, "Why? Why?" Why? It's good. I'm like,
1: oh. "Y'all self conscious, yeah." Yeah,
0: I got my, I got my. I'm doing my, my my version of Jimi Hendrix, not not wanting to hear you know like. Oh, his. he didn't, he never listen to himself so from what I from what I hear. Jimi Hendrix did not like his his voice. He didn't think his voice was good enough, and he had, uh, from what I hear, he had a lot of, he had low self-esteem, and so whenever he would go record, he had to do special things in the recording booth to get him to where he needed to go. We know what those special things are, Um, (laughs) but we're in a Christian school right now, so we're not going to talk about that.
1: Please, we talk about, you don't want to know what you talk about. (laughs) Maybe the other teachers shouldn't know what I talk about in my class. Yeah, Keep it real. It's government, so we're talking about what's going on in the world. Yeah, we're talking the realness, but
0: yeah, that was cool to hear that. This guy, you know, who is influential across music, had this low self-esteem and didn't want to hear his voice. And so when I hear mine, I'm like... All right, man, let me just, let me, I'm not Jimmy, so I, at least I can sit down and uh, maybe I can learn something.
1: Well, I myself. can hear Jimmy. I can hear. <laughs> <laughs> Little white man can't jump yo, reference. Yo, I white know you had to jump. know, but I don't know if the audience is going to know. No. They, I know they, you would know. The young, young adult. I don't know.
0: Maybe if they're around my age. I don't know. Oh, well, if they're our age, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if you're a movie, listen, if you like movies, oh, then yeah. you, you have to. That's one of the greatest movies of all time. I tell people that all the time. Sports movies? I think you can make that argument. Sports movies? Yeah. Oh White man can't listen. Go watch the movie right now, and tell me you don't love that movie. If you don't laugh at that movie, there's something wrong with you. All right. Woody Harrelson is amazing. Yeah. Wesley Snipes, mean Their chemistry. I mean, they had. I think they had like a three or four year period of them doing movies together. What else did they, do? They, they did? They did Money, t- Money. Yeah, Money Train. Oh my I'm god. I'm not gonna hit him. You're gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love. I love that their, their flow in that. Um, I think they had some some smaller movies as well. Uh, but they had like a three year period of like great chemistry. And when you find that partner, like it's kind of like how we saw Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan kind of take on the right. rush hours. Um, and psych. And the, the
1: great, one of the greatest TV shows. Better chemistry than any other on screen do I've, I've ever seen. I, I, I don't, and I've like been in the arts, in the theater and stuff. Yeah. That's saying something if I'm going to say that.
0: Did you, when you watched the show, did it make Did, did you forget you were watching the show? Probably, because I used to laugh like, like yeah. they were like my guys. Yeah, like oh man, look, look, he's gonna do the. He's like Gus is gonna do the R and B group thing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yo, you hear about Pluto?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yo, shout out to the, the creators of Psych and, and and that whole cast. That they, you know what? That gives me um something we were talking about earlier. Your circle, right? Right. The circle people you, you surround yourself around. If you ever noticed that show, every unique personality that they had around each uh, had around in that inner circle where it was the cop um his dad right uh the other
1: detective that he
0: ended up dating end up dating they always did better when they had interaction with each other of course right even though they were on opposite sides of the spectrum they just that was their inner circle whether they knew it or not later on in the show they started realizing that they do better together than, than apart but That says a lot about real life as well. Like, you have to have personalities, yes, that are similar to yours, but you need to have personalities that kind of challenge you to be a better person or challenge
1: you to be a better version of yourself. And that's what makes a good business, too. Yeah. You need people that can say no to you, you need people that can, like, encourage you or be visionaries, and then you need people who can, like, get it done. Mm. You know? Execute. Yeah, execute
0: yeah that's definitely necessary i i agree because when it comes to the point of if you let's just say you have a business or a show and you're working on the show you're working on this business and you feel like you can't say no because it it may it may do something to your family instead of having the i don't want to say the gut guts to be able to say no because it helps the organization it's 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 just a unique place to be and i i I myself have been in that situation, and I know people that I coach today are in that situation where they feel like they can't be as honest as they want to be to their supervisor, even though they know if they are honest, it'll help them reach their goal a lot quicker. It's like a crazy place to be in, a crazy uh, dilemma
1: to be in. Yeah, you should be, I mean, I think the ideal boss or supervisor should welcome like honest, constructive criticism without taking it personally. Yeah. Um, a lot of those people are still successful you know like maybe like a George Steinbrenner Vince mm-hmm. McMahon mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't want to say no to either of those definitely not Vince no Mc- definitely not Vince McMahon no way <laughs> I wonder if even like Triple H has to go in and be like how he has to kind of couch his terms mm-hmm. so to speak also different generations too potentially you know where today it might be more I think the collaboration is very important and businesses want People and I say businesses, I mean all organizations, whether it's like a religious or a school or whatever. I think they generally want collaboration, and I think if you don't, you're really hurting your, you're hurting the organization, yeah. definitely.
0: Because even the customer wants to collaborate with right. with the person they're, they're people buying want, from.
1: People want to be heard for sure, and so and we talk about social media, and you you spoke about that today. It provides everyone a voice. Yes, and that could be positive and negative, honestly. And one of the negatives is people think. And maybe this is a positive too. I feel like I'm just going to go out and say it. And you feel like you've actually said something or done something like I see an injustice. I'm going to rant about it on Facebook and you feel like you've done something, but you really haven't done anything. Maybe you've unburdened your own soul and that's okay. It's like a journaling, but it's public journaling, mm-hmm. but it's a bit of a, let me like a false negative kind of thing. Um, and then you could just start arguments, you know. That's a whole nother. I don't even want to get into social media culture well, or uh, anything like that, because that's something else. And we're here to talk about me.
0: Anyway. Yeah, man, we're here, yeah, to here to talk about you too. You know, yeah, so. man, we're here to talk about Michael Brett, yeah.
1: man. Uh, the
0: the culture of of transformation, man. That's yeah. that's what I see. I see you transforming every single day, uh, not just being renewed, but that transformation is overflowing into your relationships. Uh, I see the way the kids look at you here, man. The way they champion you here, man. That that tells me that you're doing something very effective in the classroom because you know I just said your name and they started clapping. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you everyone knows who their favorite teachers were back in the day that changed their life.
1: Um, but I don't think I've ever seen an entire room. Well, I don't have a lot of some of them. Well even the one girl you were talking to afterwards, I haven't had her as a student yet. Oh, She's really? like, you better be here next year.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. That tells you. I talk to them.
1: I invest in them even beyond that. Cause I actually like you, I'm interested in people. Okay. And hearing people's stories. And I'm able to, I can connect with the artist, because I've been in the arts, the athlete, because I'm involved in the athletes. Um, even the, some of the athletes that, I'm not into like hip hop, mm-hmm. really. You know, you had that the dude on um, Karev, Karev a, few, yeah. a few podcasts ago, but I found that very interesting. Yeah. I could hold my own maybe in a conversation, but I, I can take on like that role. Mm. And speak to some of the the athletes who are more in, in involved in that culture. It's like a different, la- a little bit of a different language, mm-hmm. you know, to a degree. Just like if you were in like a, a different musical genre, too. Um, I think that you know, the, just the way my life has been growing up, you know, loving sports, like loving sports, especially football. Okay, like love it, love oh, it, no, like love it,
0: like football as in soccer, or,
1: or football as American. Come on, <laughs> come on, son. <laughs> Even, I heard a rumor in New Jersey wanted to ban contact football for under 12.
0: It's getting, uh, it's, it's, getting, it's, I mean,
1: it's, it's another discussion obviously, but yeah. I owe so much to football. Okay. So it's, much to just, just the, just the passion I had for it and watching it on TV. I could just sit and watch, just leave me alone. Let me watch, you know, I don't need to be in a crowd. Yeah. My parents used to come, my family used to come watch me yeah. play. Yeah. I actually, kind of brought my brothers back together for a little while. Sports will you do know? that
0: for you. Sport, sports will do that for you because it's about the story.
1: Right. And what most it's people don't realize commonality. It's a commonality. I don't care who you are. We both like the same team. All right, cool.
0: Like the same team, we don't have to even understand the same language. Yeah. Right? It's like mu- music and sports has that influence. Yes, I over, think music too. Unites people together. Even, you know, I was sharing how I think sports is critical in education. And I think musicality is a critical in education. I think without those two, you're not going to attract people because they they want they want to see how you collaborate outside the classroom. They want to see how you collaborate on on things that uh, you're passionate about. Okay. Because those are things that you don't need to understand the language t- to be able to feel, Right. To, to be able to it's understand. It's a visceral feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. a gut feeling. You embrace it, right? And like I'm I'm a, I'm a huge I like um, I love R and B. Uh, it's probably my favorite genre, Bootsy, right? Uh, uh, well, Bootsy's Funk, man. Yeah, all shout right, out to Bootsy right. Collins and 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 uh, uh, rest rest in peace, uh, James Brown and and all those amazing people, George Clinton and all those. Um, but when it comes to um, when it comes to music, one of my favorite genres is not just R and B and funk; it's deep soul house music.
1: Which I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I
0: got you, man. I'm, I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some. Uh, some uh, <laughs> couple, couple jewels. Yeah, I man, I got All you. Right. People like Louis, Louis Vega, Frankie Knuckles. Those are guys that I, I my mom grew up on, who, who introduced me to house okay. music. It was very big uh, club music in New York City. So, like the '80s. So '80s, house music? 90s, '80s, '90s. It, it's house music is is unique. So
1: I have an idea what what you know, but okay. It go
0: takes ahead. it takes it takes from every genre. Okay. From every genre. It can take lyrics from every genre and it has a certain, it has a certain beat, a certain feeling to it. That's why they say house is a feeling, you can't really describe it. Okay. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I'll introduce you to, to some house music, but I remember that I started to express myself in a very unique way when I used to hear this music. When I hear hip hop, I, I, I could spit, I could rap, I could do those things. Right. I hear R&B, it makes me feel good, a nice little flow but when i would hear house music it would make me want to take whatever is inside of me and express it out and it was artistry that's how i saw it i saw like uh whenever i would hear the music i could see um uh, you know paint i could see wow. i could yeah. see uh, things being created and i could i felt like i was inside of those things and i feel like music does that for a lot of people and when education or educational institutions do not Take it seriously. I don't think you're really teaching holistic principles when it comes to education, because you also have
1: to tap into that. That's an, that's super important. People learn differently, for sure. So on a civil level, so I'm teaching 11th grade history. Okay. This year, and when we get to say like the 50s, mm-hmm. and we're reading what's in the book, and I'm not this. So let me, you know, let me show them a scene from America Fields. I was like, this is what life was like in the 50s, mm. driving around with these muscle cars. Yeah. And hear some of the music. And turn them on the other aspects of the culture to get you know that, that broader overview of what it was like. And how do, they, how, do,
0: how do the students respond to that
1: when you do that? They were interested. you know they were more actually the one, one of the girls was interested when she showed the 20s or the 30s. It wasn't big band. It was like, it was like Harlem Renaissance jazz. Mm, yes. and she was like, "What are they putting on their, on the, the trumpets?" Oh, I okay. forget, to make that yeah. sound. Yeah, she was like fascinated by it. Introducing them to new culture, yeah. right? Then I showed them a scene from Father Knows Best from the like the '50s sitcoms. Okay, and that was just like so, you know, and they were like intrigued by that. Look at that. Which I'm like, this shit. Okay, you
0: can't and you can't overestimate the power of media. Media, the visual and visual. Period. Our kids. Right, I see my son, my son Jordan. He's four years old now. He can articulate himself very, very well. I mean, he he is a sharp kid. I thought that's how all kids grow up mm-hmm. until someone told me, "No, your, your kids are really, really unique." He he has a self awareness that most kids don't have. I'm like, oh, okay, we have to cultivate that, whatever yeah, that yeah. is, right? But I watch him, and he watches uh, things like Number Blocks, and he watches things like umbungo Kids. Uh, it's a it's an African cartoon that talks about eating healthy, right? fruits and vegetables, and and knowing the difference between what's healthy and what's not, which is a really cool show. Yeah. Um. Of course, he watches you know the regular Ryan's Toy Review and all the different things. Yeah, I don't know what any of those are yet. Yeah, oh, you will.
1: <laughs> you definitely will. I hope at least I can appreciate him, not like some like, <laughs> not Caillou. Oh, no, yeah, Caillou. Yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba, that's all right. Yo Gabba, I like Yo yeah. Yo Gabba, Yo Gabba he, he loved
0: Yo Gabba growing up. Again, visual music, right? Right. Um, and then there's a show... Um, called Morphle and I know we're talking about kid talk right now guys you wasn't expecting this but I know a lot of you young adults out there that have children you're trying to find good shows I just gave you three alright just gave you three all, right? just gave you three, you all on YouTube YouTube Kids free so it's a show named Morphle and this little girl has a magical pet that transforms into whatever she says Right. So turn into a dinosaur, turn into a, a car and a truck, whatever it is. Oh, it's
1: not even a pet. It could just be whatever.
0: He, yeah. Yeah. It's like when it's not transformed, it looks like a little, like, um, you know, the little Tamagotchi pets from back in the like day. It like, <laughs> looked like a Pokemon. Man. It looked like a Pokemon, man. And what's funny is when she says it, she's always turning it into something that helps other people. That's cool. So when he looks at it, he goes, hmm i wonder what i would turn my magical pet into so now what's sparking right. in his brain is his imagination right it's it's now saying okay how can i help people and what would i turn it into and that development is so important in their growth right other centered it's it's huge because if you think about at a, that age at that age right if he gets to, if he if he starts to put those processes in order at an early age to say just because it looks like this doesn't mean it, doesn't, it has to stay that way. I can imagine something bigger. I can imagine something stronger. I can imagine could it actually happen? You know, I, I read a book that said our prayers are so connected to our imagination.
1: Yeah, I totally. Oh, absolutely. Right? right. God is God is bigger than and people put God in a box. For sure. Totally. For sure. And He's so much. Yeah, you just keep going.
0: Yeah, that, that's. I, I looked at it. I said. So now check this out. I was sick. You remember I told yep, you I was yep. sick for a week. I, I bed rest. I couldn't move. Guess who comes in and says, "Daddy, are you okay?" I said, oh, I'm, "I'm doing all right." He goes, "I'm going to pray for
1: you." Four, right?
0: Four years old. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. He comes over. He, I, he puts his hand on my head, and clearly says, "God, my daddy's my daddy's not feeling very well. Usually he can move and he plays with me." but he's not feeling well. God, can you heal him? Can you make him feel better so that when he is up we can have fun again. We can have fun. Not we. he can play with me again. We can. We. Yeah. Again, he watched a show that talked about helping people with magic, a magical right. pet. And now he's developed his own process and, cor- and, and, and correlated that to a prayer for his dad
1: who was sick. Right. That is education. You told me a cool story, now this isn't education, but about you were watching the Hulk with him, yeah, and how the Hulk when he gets angrier he gets stronger or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said something like, "Oh, so if I work hard, I can be strong and overcome something." He said something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's watching the Hulk and he goes, "Daddy, every time they get, he says he gets, hey, he gets stronger." He's like, "What is that?" I said, "That's his spirit. His spirit is connected to that." He goes, "So you're saying?" He says, "So, Daddy, you're saying." If if I get angry or if my spirit wants to get stronger, I have to I have to what how did he say it? He said in a cute way. I ain't gonna be able to say it. But he said in a way where it was just like, if I I if my emotion, if I feel something, I can express it. I can express it. That's pretty much what he was saying. He's like, I can express it and I'll get stronger. And I said, yeah, of course you'll be able to get stronger because you're express. It's not. It's not staying inside of you. If it right. stays inside of you, it can implode. It can actually hurt you. Right. But if you get it out, and you tell me how 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 you're feeling, then you become stronger. And
1: you do it. And you teach them how to do it in a healthy way.
0: In a healthy way. So you know, I take that uh, Mr. Rogers approach. You know, uh, I don't know. Most of you probably don't know who Mr. All Rogers right. is. Yeah, I do. But Mr. Rogers. Found a way of allowing kids to express themselves and articulate how they feel. So now I ask my kids, "How did that make you feel that you got it out? Now that we know what it was, how did it make you feel that you got it out?" And that's another learning, learning as as a father. Like I I never had that. It was just like, "Oh, you're mad, man. Go figure it out." Or, "You're angry. Well, you need to figure out why you're angry and then." Go do what you need to do. Anger
1: management as opposed to anger. So we talked about Julia Cameron earlier, the artist book, The Artist's Artist's Way, amazing book. Yes. Where she says anger is a map because it tells you something's not right within me, within my spirit. So I got to figure out what that is, Mm. figure out what to do with it. See, God is such that he can only function well in truth, like where you have to get the truth out and put it out there and then he can work with it. If you keep it hidden you know, and the enemy comes in, he can't work with that. For sure. Because you haven't gotten rid of it yet. You're holding on to it. Mm. You gotta let it, you gotta let that go. And that's been a big, you know, we talked about like personal growth. That too. You know, I'm gonna decide to see counseling. I'm gonna read this book. I'm gonna talk about what's going on with me. You know, not in, in not in a, um, like a vomit, you know, almost, you know, like a, like you're just throwing it up on somebody. Yeah. Not that. But you are you're talking about it in a healthy way. Like this is what's going on with me. Help me figure it out For sure. so I can be better. You know, there's people that don't want to be better. They want to just talk about their problems. Yeah. You know, those are toxic people that you shouldn't have in your life. Yeah. You know, maybe God does bring you into someone's life like that. But yeah, those are people you got to learn and be like, oh, this person's sucking me dry. For sure. It and it's, drain it's, you. it's not it's not healthy. I'm not here to actually help this person. Um, This person's actually here to. To take to zap me. You know, I'm sorry. You know, saying no. I was gonna say this earlier. You mentioned about it's hard for some people, like in business, to say no. Like you should be able to say no. Yeah, it's saying no can be so freeing, and probably because I guess you're you're acknowledging your self worth for sure, or your family self worth. I can't do this. I have this extra work. My family. I have to go with my family, and I think a lot of there's a lot of burnout. I think a lot of pastors have probably had a lot of burnout and lost families. Yeah, like, but well, he's so like I think that happened with Charles Stanley. Mm. You know, I don't know all the details. I I want to be. I know he separated from his 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 wife. I, I don't know the details why. So I don't even want to speculate. But, is that Charles or is it Andy? The father. The father. Okay. Yeah. So so let me not speculate on him, but let me give you a hypothetical person. Where, wow. What? Look at him. He's out there preaching and he's bringing people to God, to church, and to Christ and. You know, like oh, and then his his wife left him. Something something's not right. Yeah, something's something's. You know, off. your first example should be you know I have a strong nuclear family. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I will pick my family over. Whatever, everything but God. Yeah, exactly, because God wants you to pick your family first. Yeah. Anyway,
0: that's amazing. I heard I heard. Uh, I don't know if you were there. Uh, we were listening to some. We had to uh, at some leadership conference. And there was a, I, I guess, an ex-pastor, if you want to say it in that way. And he said that his son was noticing all these great things he was doing at the church, but he was struggling at home. His son was struggling at home. And he said, the day my dad, he, he, the, the guy said, the day my dad said no to the church and said yes to me, made all the biggest difference. Yep. And I'm glad he made that decision for me. He made that decision to to pick me. And God has blessed us ever since. And so that that was an amazing, amazing truth, you know, that that guy was living that, man, sometimes the work truly gets in the way of the true, true relationship that God wants us to have, right? Yeah. Because, man, like you said, you have your your stepfather, uh, you know, I but I had... My, a, my wife's stepfather. Well, I'm not my yeah. stepfather, your, your father, right, is in the one in the wheelchair? Yeah. Okay. So like you had your father and you experienced some things that maybe weren't the best things in the world and you didn't want to carry that into your own relationship. You know, if you choose to build someone someone else's dream and you choose to build someone else's uh, uh vision and you're not working on yourself, that's never going to be dealt with and that's going to carry into your family, it's going to carry into the relationships you have. So it's cool to see that you've been able to transform in a way where that's not carrying over into your into your right. household, man. That's awesome. You gotta keep
1: working. You know, keep working at it, because you know things when you're when you're young don't necessarily go away. Yeah, you know, and if you want to talk just about general character flaws, do not necessarily go away either. Um, let me ask you this: What's up? Because you know we've been talking a lot, and you 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 speak a lot about you know self worth, know, knowing your own value. For sure. Like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm sorry, I understand. I want to help, but you know you have to pay me this because this is my value. For sure. Whatever that might be or, you know, my expectations of somebody, you know, someone else's expectations of me. No, I have to know my own expectations. For sure. On the surface, some people might think that sounds selfish. Yeah. They do. Is
0: it really selfish? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I used to think it was selfish. But then I realized I can't give what I don't have. If you take everything from me, I give you everything and then I go home and I have nothing else to give. Mm -hmm. I think that makes me even more so selfish person because at the end of the day, God gave me a gift or gifts, depending on who you are and your theology, right? (laughs) And gave you a gift or gifts. And he gave me a family, which is another gift. And he gave me ability and responsibility. Right. And so if, if I have the responsibility and the ability to change to be a changing agent for my family. And I don't use that gift to do that? Right. Man, that's selfish. You know? And it's okay to say no to people because at the end of the day, if it's meant to be done, God's going to send someone else to get it done. Yeah, there you go. That's how I see it now. Before, it was hard for me to say no because you know, growing up in a single parent household, you just took care of everything. Yeah. Everything that your mom could not take care of, you just take you care just of. You just got to step up. You step up, and I'm so used to doing that. Just step up. So there there's a there's a um there's a question that I do in my coaching. And one of the questions I ask is, what rule from your childhood that kept kept you protected from bad things that is not working for you now in your adulthood? That's pretty cool. Right? We all have rules when we were younger, right? That protected us from certain things. Now it could be a self imposed rule too. It could be a self imposed okay. rule, right? Self-imposed, it could be... Or parental rule. Parental yeah. rule, yeah. right? You know, one of the things, and I'll share this with the audience, is, you know, because my mom was a single mom, she wanted us to always talk to her about everything that we experience, right? But we, we didn't really talk to people outside of our family about things we experienced. Okay. To keep the family close together because she was the mom and dad. Right. You know, I didn't realize that that emo- that that was great because me and my mom had a great relationship, and it helped me become better with relationships. But the flip side of it was, um, there was an I had an emotional unstableness because when my mom passed away, there was no one else to talk to.
1: And how old were you when she passed? Uh, tw- I was
0: 2016, so three years ago. Okay. So I had her, but even then, even when she was sick and she had her stroke, which was, I want to say, 2009, 2010. For almost, I'm sorry, man. That's- no, for almost nine years, I didn't know. really, yeah. I didn't really share, truly share, because the rule that I had from my childhood I didn't realize that that rule was still there because I just, I just forgot about it. But then when I started to really look back, like, why am I not emotionally connecting with other men or connecting with people who really do care your about life Yeah, my wife. Like, there's a part yeah. of me that's not connecting with her. It was because of that rule. And then I had to say, is it limiting me from being the best version of me for my wife? If it is that rule cannot be a rule anymore, and so that's where that comes from—that
1: self love and self awareness—and that's the thing—is self love or self care?
0: You need it, man. Yeah, you need it. It's important. It's like it's being holistic, being whole, like like your like your podcast,
1: right? Holistic Christianity, right? There's no separation between the physical and the spiritual. It's all. It's God created everything. Yeah. Now we can get to the whole philosophy, historical (laughs) philosophy of Aristotle and Gnostics. You know where that comes from in in the Western world, but. It's all connected. Yeah. You know, and that's not some kind of weird spiritual new agey thing I'm saying. I'm saying God created us as whole beings. We have a spirit, we have a body, we have a mind, we have a heart and we need to be willing to grow in all those avenues. That's why I exercise and eat well. Yeah. We pray, go to church, you know, commune with other people, community, um engage intellectually. Yeah. You know, research, reading. We didn't talk about the PhD at all. Oh um, man, yeah. I don't know what time, whatever, are, but
0: whatever time you have, man. Know. What
1: time is it? Oh, we're good. Was it 150? Yep.
0: All 150.
1: right, we're good. We're yeah, good. We're good. Listen, all we're right. gonna keep rocking, man. Because you're gonna be editing this anyway. So <laughs> Oh, I'm um, keeping that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you better. That's what people like hearing that uh kind of um, I don't remember what I was saying now. PhD, man. About. So, but I was saying something before that. Oh, so um, your mind mm-hmm. and engaging your heart. Yeah. You know, and the things you love, the things you're passionate about. That's one thing that, that's what your podcast is, is in a lot of ways, too, is you bringing people to discuss their passions. For sure. Because God cares about our passions. Definitely. I think for the most part, God is, is passionate about what we're passionate about. You know, I actually remember having a, a bit of a debate. It was a healthy debate with my wife about, I was like, yes, if you love surfing, God loves that. And she's like, God doesn't need you. What does God care about? Like surfing. Probably because I looked up surfing Jesus and there was like a surfing, you know, in the robe, (laughs) um, you know. Yeah. And I was like, well, he does because he's placed that on. Now, there might be other things to it, but I don't know. Maybe you're being out in the waves. It'd be so cool to surf. I'd be scared to death. Man. I would like hurt myself. Man, it'd be amazing to do it, though. But it'd be just like riding with the wind and you're riding like the ocean because the ocean is more powerful than the wind. Amazing amazing
0: i forgot what they said uh how much of the earth is three three
1: quarters or two thirds yeah Yeah.
0: like if you look from space you see blue yeah like that is amazing to know that yeah why wouldn't god love that you surf because if it's freeing you from being limited because god didn't put limiters on you he put you to to be uh expressive in all the authority that he gave you right and so if surfing brings the best version of her out or at least allows her to be the best version yeah. of herself. God honors that. And, and what you big. might do
1: it to clear your head. Yeah. That's why I do crust. That's why I work out. Yeah. It clears my head. You leave. Whatever's on you, you can forget about it for an hour. Yeah. And all of a sudden you leave and you're like, Whew. that's all out." That.
0: You're right, man. I do that Adorphins with- friends uh, and all that. Yeah, whatever it is. I do that with basketball when I can. Right. And in gaming, you know, my brother and I, my brother games. And so I game with him and, and my wife's like, you know, she used to say, like, why, why do you do this? And I said, she she used to say, why do you do this? And it was hard to explain to her. But now she's been with me a while now. She goes, when you have a lot on your mind, you game. And it goes back to your point from the beginning when you talked about simplicity. Okay. When I game, it's usually games that are very simplistic. It's bare bones. It tells you exactly what you need to do, where you need to go and it refocuses my mind to getting all of the craziness that i've put in my head from all of the different conversations and relationships it clears it out and then i put it away i'm good yeah and it's just it's just it's just a focus it's a, it's a it's a way of saying okay i i'm not going to let this beat me i prayed i know i prayed today i know i did the things i needed to do i just need something familiar as a kid and that's another thing with education there you go as a kid what are some of the things you did to keep you refocused? You played. You played.
1: That's why we, we consider, we, when my son gets older, putting him in like a Montessori preschool. Oh, yes. Because they learn through play. Mm. And that also, if you want to talk about postmodernism, experience. Experience. You make it experiential. And the churches that are doing well kind of you know provide like an experience. You come in and you're not just sitting there, someone lecture, And you know what? School should do this too. You cannot just, I actually, I wrote a paper on this. And I got one, this older professor didn't like where I was going with it. Yeah. Because I was like, you can't just have like a so-called sage on the stage talking at me. You can't do that. You got to use technology. You got to use media. Engage. You got to be interactive. Yeah. People are not going to learn. Not it's today. A different different world. Yeah, it is. You know, totally different. Whether you like it or not. It's here. And there's negatives to too much media. Sure. You know, you used you, you asked the students today, what do you do first thing? So some some of them, a lot of them, and I know there's some that don't. Yeah, I know there's one girl that doesn't even, she doesn't even have like any social media. Yeah, Good for her. Um, You don't pick up your phone for like, what, the first 30 minutes? First 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. And the only time I pick it up is for the clock because I got to turn okay. off the alarm or it'll, or it'll drive me crazy. Right. But no, don't pick it up 30 minutes. I actually sometimes, my wife doesn't even realize this, I'm just laying down in the bed and I'm just looking because I have a, the windows right there next to my side and I just look out the window. I just chill. I just chill. Sometimes I'm just there. She doesn't know I'm up, but right. I just, I have my moment. And cause I know if I get up, I know what happens. The, the, the world, I, I know me. Everything comes. Yeah. yeah. I know me. I'm like, well, we're we going to get
1: done. We're going to edit the podcast. What are, what, you know, what are we going to do? But I just lay there and I'm like, do you set up like, are you, do you like, I'm going to do this in this order, this in this order, or do you just have a list and you get to it? You know what? It? How rigid um, are you with your like scheduling? When I was younger, I was, I
0: was a lot more rigid because my mom was a project manager. Okay. So she taught me how to, the project was our life. <laughs> so we learned how to approach it that way. But I, I've been a little bit more freeing now and a little bit more in flow. So now I'll put it on a, on a sticky note on my computer, a notepad, and I'll just put it there and I'll say, you get to it. Because I realized something, if I prioritize something, that means it matters to me. Yes. It means it matters to me. I prioritize it. If I'm forced to do it, doesn't mean it's a priority. It just means I'm forcing myself to do it. So a perfect example, I was supposed to do a podcast with someone and then my wife was like, let's go on a date. Priority. Easy. Easy. But if I had put that on that list and said, hey, I need to get this podcast done, then we can go after that doesn't that doesn't connect relationship wise. That doesn't mm-hmm. that's not who I am value wise. So yeah, that's that's the change that I've done. Okay.
1: From being a kid again, I've had to go the other way. Okay. Where I'm just like procrastinate like nothing. <laughs> like, I am so far the other way and like the typical artist. That I'm like oh, horrible planner. My wife and I are both bad. They say that like the, the two oldest shouldn't marry or the two youngest shouldn't like that birth order thing. Uh, we're both what that- the youngest. The, the two youngest shouldn't marry. Yeah, like none of them should. Because <laughs> like the oldest is usually like the doer. I get things done. And this and that. And the youngest is like totally carefree. <laughs> we are both so carefree. We're pretty laid back. Yeah. You know, I could be more laid, but you know, when you get more responsibility, you know, you know, in college, I was all right, cool, big Lebowski kind of, you know. <laughs> oh, shout out, good movie. Man, not that laid back, you know. I, yeah. had, you know, I have a job, but um. <laughs> So I've had to learn. You know what? Let me just write make a list. Yeah. And then you know what? If the next day, if I have to remake that list, Do it again. That's fine. Small that's pieces. That's okay. Yeah. And now learning to prioritize. Like, yeah, I can get. I'll get a really small thing done first. Cool. I'll cross it off. All right, that's good. And then you get some momentum. Yes. All right. Now I gotta. All right. Now I gotta write the paper. All right. <laughs> that paper man. All right. I gotta just sit down and start. Yeah. You know, because that's when we can, you know, transition now into. Yeah, I'm in a PhD program. Yeah, man.
0: How's that going for you? It's great. I heard most people don't make it out to PhD alive.
1: We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe two years I'll be done. Yeah, okay, cool, man. This is my last course, though. All right. I take my exams in the fall. Um, <laughs> She, she could have come in, but... Um, so I take my exams in the fall, and if I pass those, then I can start my dissertation. Okay. Okay. Um, The really cool thing that I do want to share, because we talked about goals and your passions, is this Friday, the book I wrote a chapter in is up. Oh, out out for sale. Amazon, Barnes Noble, everything. That's awesome, Um, man. So I really appreciate so I go to Regent University online. It's in Virginia Beach. Um shout out to Regent University. Regent University and my professor, Dr. Steve Perry. We took a class about publication where he's like, we're all going to write about the NFL protests. Wow! Each of you gets a chapter where you co-write. I had a a co-author, Josh Weiss. And we're going to try to put it in a book and get it published. And we did. Whoa. So Now, one person in the class didn't get his work in in time to get in the book. So we could have done that. We could have like slacked on this and that. But uh uh-uh. Not today. No, no, no. This is getting done. Prioritize. Right. The paper... Whether you're trying to publish it, present at a conference, I've done some conference presentations, that's much more important than like the weekly discussion boards. Mm. So like if I miss a discussion board, hey, all right. But I gotta get that paper in because that's the that's what's important. That's huge, man. You know? That's huge. And now I get publications. There it is. Top of the top of the resume. You know? Now I try to try to get some more, of course.
0: Now when when, when does the uh
1: book come out so that people can check it out. You can order a Friday uh, and I'll be honest and I'm not trying to like diss myself. Yeah. You, most people probably be bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> cause it's well, not like, it's not like we're here and you're talking, having a discussion. Yeah. I mean, they might like mine cause it's about like the political politicians responses to it. Which were very unique. Yeah. So that like Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. um, someone else did the president. That was a separate one. Um, Ted Cruz, so a lot of, like the well-known politicians. Oh, so you guys
0: actually split it. You you really split it down. Oh yeah,
1: and then he actually did. My co-writer did, he interviewed people to oh, see what wow. they thought. Like, did you buy what the politician said? Like, what do you think about it? Oh wow. And did you think what the politician thought? It's called fantasy theme analysis. Fantasy That's theme where people analysis. might get bored, but they, but they might enjoy some of the discussion. They yeah. might. Yeah man. You know it depends because it's very academic. Sounding. Okay. Okay. I see. What and you're I saying. don't say that to be elitist at all. It's just when you're writing in a PhD program, like in a master's program, and at higher level, bachelor's program too, for co- you have to write very, very formally and academically. Yeah. So it's not like you're picking up a magazine, where yeah, where it has a little bit of sauce. Yeah. In a way. And you can kind of you don't have to use this formal language. You don't have to back up every single thing you say and cite it for sure because you have to do that. Yeah. You were you telling know? me you already had.
0: uh In the beginning, I was listening to your podcast. You were saying, uh, in the beginning of the year, you already had fifteen sources, right? Based on what you were writing, right, for your dissertation, there'll probably be some more. That's not a lot at all. Yeah, and that was just the beginning. You said you're like, that's just the beginning. You said a lot more is coming, of course. But I don't know how
1: many more I'll get just because of time constraints. Yeah. But the one paper that I've tried to get published, I got rejected. Over fifty sources.
0: Oh wow. Easy.
1: Now they weren't all academic. Some of them were like just simple websites. Yeah. Cuz actually I did something on pro wrestling, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know that was yeah. fun. Shout yeah. out. Yep. Um love pro wrestling. Yeah. Love it. We know, it's we athletic know. and it's theatrical. It's a the perfect combination of what I'm into. The reason that we talked about this
0: before, the reason that wrestling has lasted like soap operas have. Right. Right? It's the experience base. Yeah. They figured it out and early. You buy on. into
1: like a character. Wh- whoever that whoever it is story character
0: right conflict right and then there's a solution there's always going to be a a, you know when you when you hear right now we hear you know kofi kingston right we hear the crowd is saying we want him to have a chance i don't know how many years he's been in in 11 11 years it took him 11 years to get his storyline finally right to get the storyline where he actually gets to compete and show his talent and and, and And as an individual superstar,
1: right right because we see him as a teammate He's he's amazing. because he got people to buy it and what he worked hard, yep. goals, he knew how to work with other people. wasn't just out for, although some people who are out for themselves will, will get what they want. They and might not short, be liked short, short term, right mm-hmm. And you know he pushed himself and he got people to buy into what is like his message, so to speak. Yeah, that's kind of it is and I think that's kind of what we're doing. Sure. I think that's what we all kind of try to do get people to kind of buy in to the message yeah yeah
0: without without buy-in it's just you're being noisy until someone hears you right right
1: right wow man that's why people don't like salesmen yeah me too i don't like salesmen no and you're (laughs) asking me it's like okay i gotta do a podcast oh it means i gotta have to market it i don't want to like sell to people yeah that's like it's weird to me i'm not built that way but it's a different it's like a balance where you're like I have something to say. Mm-hmm. I say it well, and I'm confident enough in myself to say I say it well. Boom. Humble that I have the opportunity to do. It, been put in position to be able to do it. Yeah. That balance, and I lost my main main thought. Have something to say and say it well, because I want to help people. Yes. But then also recognize, I can also do this for a living, and I need to make money, and we need to have that and take care of my family. I can have that balance as long as I buy into like the product, so to speak. I'm not selling a car.
0: You're not selling you anything. You should buy this
1: car. I was like, buy whatever car you want. You're you know? not selling
0: anything if you think no. about it, right? You're, you're connecting. It's, it's a relationship. Right, right. Your relationship to your podcast is uh, self-discovery. That's how I look at it now. When people ask what makes you so good at sales, what makes you so good at connected, I see everything as a relationship. And does it help people or does it not help people? So if this podcast can turn into a career where financially is helping my kids and helping my wife, and then it's also helping those who are in need of what I have to say, right?
1: It is, it'll it'll build itself up, and that's your passion too. You have to be passionate. I we already about said God, God's passionate about what you are passionate passion about. what you As you're long passionate. as it's like something that's you know honoring. Yeah, lifting people up. I, yeah. I think that is amazing. Like
0: to be able to have this platform today. Man, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, you would have never seen something like this happening, right? Two people sitting in a, a room with all the technology that we have today, right? Shout out to the to the YouTube viewers over there. Um, going YouTube too? Yeah, listen, That's I tell the you, next thing, I, you, yeah. see it, you see, you yep. see. Listen, I'm not I'm not settling. That's right. Because after that first year of just doing the podcast as self care, self awareness, right? And I said, I, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this. And then when my wife said this, this was me. She was like, "She was like, there is no money. That there's no there's no salary that people can offer you that will give you fair value for what you're sharing. When your wife says something like that to you, she's like, I don't care what six fi- six figures they give you. What you give to people, you transform them. Got it.
1: She's like, I, okay. that that hit me. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I like her. She's awesome." Shout out to Mrs. A.
0: Yeah, man. Listen, we're in the school right now. So they got the, the the announcements on. Uh, like Jay Farrell touching teachers and students. Yeah, man. My wife said that. That was awesome. And it gave me all the confidence in the world to say, just do it. You don't know who's going to be listening. You don't know who's going to back you up. That's why uh, when sponsors do come, when there is opportunity to be able to do it, I'm going to do it my way. Right. You know, but hey, listen, man. I know. Yeah. We're over our time. And, uh, man, I appreciate you so much, Michael, man. This is, you know, everybody, uh, all the listeners, uh, I want you to connect with Michael Rett. Uh, I want you to be able to check out his podcast, check out his, his social media. So, Mike, give them all that information so Instagram, that they can connect with you. Yeah,
1: at Michael Rett. Mm-hmm. Podcast Chris, Holistic Christian. Holistic Christianity. Holistic On Christian. anchor. Awesome. And man. you can connect through my Instagram. So, just go to my Instagram. Love it. At Michael Rett
0: love it. and i'll make sure if you guys reach out to me i'll make sure to give you this information as well again to all the new listeners i truly 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 appreciate you coming in and listening and tuning in and hearing us and hopefully you found value in what we talked about today this is all about conversation and relationship and to all the loyal listeners you already know stay on the go Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Ward Jr. And I want to just thank you so much for tuning into this current episode. Hopefully, you were able to add something to your day by listening to this podcast. And one of the best ways to help me out is by sharing this podcast with people that you know would benefit from it. I'm truly, truly appreciative of that. Another thing you can do is just reach out to me because if there's any topics or ideas that you're thinking of that you would like for me to talk about and maybe possibly get on the podcast, reach out to me at Chris Ward Jr. on Twitter or Instagram, or you can reach me through the anchor app check you guys later peace love